Welcome back to the Exchange for Entrepreneurs podcast. I'm your host, James Black, and this week we welcome Bill Bessenhofer, the CEO of The Fresh Factory, listed on the CSE under the symbol FRSH. And this is a company that has an expertise in fresh, clean label, and plant-based products. They've built a platform to accelerate the growth of disruptive food and beverage brands and are vertically integrated from the farm to the shelf. And my motivation for interviewing Bill simply comes from my own experiences as an eater. How do we eat healthier? How do we do this at scale? How do we get better products on the shelves for myself and for my children? We even talk about the old Canada Food Guide and some of the flaws that might have uh, had back in the day. So uh, without further ado, I want to introduce you to Bill. I want to introduce this discussion. I'm really excited by this company and the things they're doing. And uh, hopefully we learn a few things together about what it takes to deliver healthy, clean options to consumers in 2023. Enjoy. Welcome back to another episode of the Exchange for Entrepreneurs podcast. Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by Bill Bessenhofer, the CEO of The Fresh Factory, symbol FRSH, listed on the Canadian Securities Exchange. Bill, welcome to the show. And um, I was really excited to talk to you today because not only do you have a great business, but um, I've been really fascinated about the food space and just what's been happening over the last couple of years, especially since COVID. So, we're going to get into a lot of different topics today, but can you just remind viewers and listeners, what is the Fresh Factory and what are you, but also what aren't you? Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you, James, so much. Really appreciate uh, being on with you guys again. Um, so, you know, who are we? What are we? You know, well, at the Fresh Factory, um, you know, we really, we've, we've, we've built this vertically integrated platform uh, from the farm to shelf. And, you know, our focus um, is really on the future of the food and beverage industry. Um, which we tend to believe is being, you know, fresh ingredients, clean labels, um, better for you products. And so, you know, we've worked with dozens of leading brands, a few of our own that we have that we own, um, really helping kind of take people through, you know, the formulation to the, to the supply chain, to the manufacturing, to all the way through distribution to the end game um, with their products. And so um, we've built this vertically integrated platform with, really the hope of providing um, what we call like honest food for all and, and honest being things that you can see on the backs of a label and, and not have to worry about understanding how to pronounce those words, um, things that are better for you. So, right. Um, and now, what, you know, yeah. no, I'm going to interject with, with a quick question and yeah. um, hopefully this isn't a curveball, but does, yeah. does good food have to be more expensive? Is this going to, in an inflationary environment where everyone's working yeah. even harder to try to put food on the table, does having to eat right and clean have to cost more? You know what? I, I'd love to say that uh, the answer is no. <laughs> um, <but laughs> there, there are some true realities, but I think this is where I believe we're different. You know, um, you know, I feel like this is where we separate ourselves from potentially others in the marketplace. Um, are we going to be able to stop the entirety of inflation? No. I mean, let's be realistic. That's not going to happen. But with the platform that we've built, as 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 you can imagine, as you bring more people on, you know, there are things that we are able to do from a distribution perspective, from a buying perspective, you know, um, working with certain farms, whether they're small or they're large, you know, there's buying power in, in, in a lot of what we do. So um, are we going to be able to stop the inflation or the, the rising costs? No, because I don't think anybody in any industry has been able to do that, quite frankly. Uh, the food industry is no different. Now, again, with what we're building, we are trying to give that ability to people all across every demographic, the ability to to purchase healthy, clean label food. 
No, I appreciate that. So uh, on that front, and, you know, I just interject that eating cleaner and eating healthier, um, if it's an investment or cost over what you can just get to get sustained, uh, as a human being, it's a worthwhile investment, obviously. I just want to make that clear that, you know, eating better is obviously linked to many other health benefits, longevity, um, mental well-being, all these things. So there's there's no doubt about that. Now, talk to me about some of the trends and some of the uh, maybe habits that you've seen develop through your visibility into this this chain that you've built. So, you know, are there certain food items or certain ways that people are consuming these healthy foods that maybe you didn't expect to see, but now, you know, it's, it's something. You know what? It's interesting that you say that, uh, you know, when we first started this whole thing, um, we realized that there was like an opening in the marketplace for people that were looking for better for you products. And, mm. you know, I tell the story a lot, you know, and, and uh, you know, I've got two, two young children, 12 and 10. And, you know, one of the things that they have done just because of the evolution of, of, of everything, um, they look at the backs of, of ingredients and, and backs of products. <laughs> look at the My ingredients. kids do that too, actually. <laughs> it's, you know, I mean, yeah. I, I told this story, you know, a few weeks ago, my daughter's in science class and she comes home and says, you know, you know, looking at something, you know, the back of the label, like dad, you know, this thing causes, etc. cetera, uh, you know, not, not something not good for you. Right. And so, uh, I said, I'm like, yeah, honey, that's, that's, that's right. You know, you're not putting that type of stuff in your foods, are you? I'm like, absolutely not. That's not what we're doing. So you, you start seeing the younger generation. Um, it's important. And again, it's, it, it's not just the younger generation now. It's all generations are really starting to look at it because again, there's data, there's studies behind the fact that with healthy, clean product and food, you know, that should in theory help with the extension of a better, you know, quality of life. Absolutely. And and I do see that education reaching my children as well, who are a touch younger than yours. And it yeah. is incredible. They still like to eat candy and, and, and junk food, yeah. but they. For sure. For sure. But, but they actually know. I mean, again, I think with data is power. And now with so much data that's out there, people are actually able to understand and they want to know. And that's why when you talk about, you know, even the inflation and it costs more, people mm-hmm. are investing more in themselves. So while that cost is increasing, I do believe that you know, even myself or anyone else, you're still worried about, you know, your own health and well-being. So you're willing to spend extra money there. So, you know, maybe we don't have that extra app that's necessary on my phone because, you know what, it's more important to to eat the right foods and be healthy. Absolutely. And, and there's even, um, I, I would think for kids, these obvious role models. Now we can't be LeBron James or Tom Brady, yeah. but these guys talk a much as much about their nutrition and uh, regimen and their health and wellness regimen as they do their practice schedule. So to yeah. me, I, I also see that playing out quite a bit. Um, now innovation in food, it, it isn't just the, the thing you put in your body. It's the delivery systems and the packaging. Um, yeah. can you talk to me a bit about how you guys fit into that, um, Uh, part of the innovation cycle. Yeah, absolutely. So again, I really do believe that a lot of what we're doing at the Fresh Factory is is at the forefront of of the food and beverage industry in general. And so with that, you know, it's not only just about the foods that that we make, but it's obviously in the packaging and the things that we can offer. And, Mm. you know, you know, we, we might not be the first in some cases, but I'll give you an example. You know, we've got a, a shot line, um, which is like a two to four ounce shot, um, where we're able to bottle up, you know, uh, you know, clean label, fresh press juice, 
uh, that can be utilized and, and we distribute all throughout the United States to multiple different, you know, customers. And, um, and so, you know, when you look at that, you know, th- that space is growing rapidly. You also have a space where um, we look at innovation as it relates to, to healthy snack bars. You know, if you go down, you know, some aisles, you'll see probably about 2000 different bars there. Well, um, there's refrigerated healthier bars that are now starting to come out there. Those are types of things that we've started to help be a player in that in that area. And so we start to see some of that innovation um, to try to obviously uh, differentiate ourselves, but also offer, you know, a, you know, a clean, healthy product for for everyone. For sure. And we've always been warned that the middle of the grocery store is where the, the health hazards are. And I don't know well, if, it's how it's we're fixing that. that. Again, I go back to, you know, this is kind of how we, we started the, the Fresh Factory. Um, right. we, we noticed and realized that there, there wasn't uh, anybody out there that was able to do, um, you know, healthy, clean food and have shorter shelf life. You know, 90 to 120 days would have great freshness to it a lot of the manufacturers or people out there were making products that were, you know, something that, you know, you'd basically take to the middle of the store and sit there for two to three years or sit on a shelf someplace else before it gets delivered. Well, the only way you can do that is by adding additives and preservatives to it, which we now have come to realize that not all of that is the greatest and healthiest for us. And so you had mentioned and asked earlier, you know, well, what's something that differentiates you or what's, you know, what aren't we? Mm-hmm. That's not us, right? I mean, we're not somebody that's going to put products uh, or ingredients into a product that is going to have it sit for many years before you actually eat it. You know, most of the, every product of ours is consumable within at minimum 90 and at most maybe six months at most. Right. So obviously you have to have a robust and capable supply chain to get these products, uh, yeah. in, you know, in a timely manner. Um, anything you want to say about how you actually get the product, especially in a post-COVID era where sure. you know, we are, we're all aware of what happens when food doesn't yeah. get to the grocery store. What, what have you learned about that? Yeah. So I would tell you this, you know, look, we, we had our challenges too, but, um, you know, through COVID, again, because of the platform that we built and the relationships that we were able to have, um, it really did allow us to kind of pivot and move fairly quickly through the supply chain to be able to get the necessary ingredients and or packaging to our to our customers. And so, um, you know, obviously for us, as we built this, we realized how important supply chain is. Um, obviously, every day, always trying to get better. But, you know, having those established relationships, especially with multiple different farms across, you know, small to large uh, has really benefited us and more importantly has, has benefited our customers. Right. So I can't help but mention last week's guest uh, was talking about homegrown mushroom kits for exotic mushrooms. Yeah. And I wonder if you had any thoughts on um, where that style of, um, you know, obviously we can't grow all our own food in a yeah. in most suburban environments, but are, are you seeing that trend play out or, or even working around that? Or what do you think? Uh, yes. Uh, yes. And yes. Um, <laughs> we actually, we ourselves have investors that uh, of our own company um, that are in this, in that space um, where they're looking to uh, grow their own food at home. And oh. do I think that that's going to uh, stop? No, I don't. I actually do, I do think that'll continue to grow as time goes on and technology gets better. Um, for us as the Fresh Factory, though, um, a lot of times, you know, we won't necessarily help people as they do that. I think where we would help them out is if, uh, you know, as maybe not the at home 
kit systems, but as people have started to scale some of their that business, and I think the, the company you're talking about, we would probably be able to partner with someone like them so that it's not just a one solution, hey, here's the product, but they could create multiple products with it. And that's where our innovation team would actually work with them to help scale maybe a product that has an ingredient that they're growing and then turn that into, you know, a brand of some sort, you know, down the line. Cool. Yeah. See, I never thought of this show as a matchmaking uh, mechanism, but (laughs) (laughs) you never know. Uh, Okay. Well, Bill, one of the the trends, I mean, obviously the big trend in food over the last few years was uh, plant-based protein. Yeah. Um, some would call it fake meat. There was a big story in Bloomberg about it and, uh, you know, beyond meat, which I believe you were an investor in, uh, in your fund, uh, some years back, which, you know, has fallen a little bit, uh, out of favor in the market and these things happen, but, um, maybe talk to me how you guys have navigated, you know, the lumpiness of certain trends like that, where people may have thought we hit peak meat, likely not the case, but, we're not going to deny that, you know, there are going to be further innovations in plant-based protein and maybe even the cellular level. We've seen some cool examples there. And um, I just want to get your perspective on, you know, what, what the market has reacted to with the fall of, you know, quote unquote, fake meat and and how you guys are navigating it. um, Knowing that you're quite diversified. Yeah, for sure. So um, I think with us and I look at the, the types of products that we make, um, I mean, really the, the focal point of what we're doing is it's healthy, clean label. It's mm. fresh, right? Um, yes, while there may be some plant-based, um, we don't play in the in the meat sector of that. It really, truly is, you know, plant-based for salad dressings, dips, hummuses, uh, juice, things of that nature. Um, so for for myself, as you ask that question, you know, there are there trends. To me, I only see the trend of of it going up. And I'm when I say up, I'm talking about the fresh clean label. I don't want to say it's a movement, but it really is like we just mentioned as our kids, it really is all about fresh and clean label. There's no, that's not a fad. That's not going away. Like Mm -hmm. that's just true. Knowing what you put in your body and you want it to be as clean as possible. So with that being the case in in my mind and kind of like the, the site and thesis that we have, you know, the growth opportunity for us is, is endless because there isn't anything that's going to stop that. Right. It's funny because I was actually talking to a colleague last night about healthy eating and uh, he, he's been on a bit of a journey and he's had great success with it. And he was saying one of his rules was you need to be able to look at something and know where it's coming from. Right. So piece of chicken that came from a chicken, yeah. the barbecue sauce, who knows where that came from. Right. Yeah. And yep. so less, less. And I think that was part of the, the plant protein issue was, um, the product would look like a hamburger and then you wouldn't know what came into all that, you know, all the ingredients and feedstock to make that product, Yep. you know, and it wouldn't necessarily be healthier. It would just be different. Yep. Totally. (laughs) And yeah. So I think that's, yeah. You know, it's crazy because as you talk through that, that's again, something that the fresh factory, what we do, um, you know, we, we're the highest form of food safety certification you can get, which is an SQF, formerly a level three um, facility, which is in Canada would be equivalent to like a BRC. And so when doing that, you have to know where all your ingredients come from. Has to be signed off. You know, there's there's strict rules as it relates to, you know, the ingredients that you're putting in and knowing where it comes from and when it came and what lot. And so there's all of that that plays into, you know, all of, you know, the healthy, clean and knowing where your food comes from. 
Because at the end of the day, you're right. I mean, people are curious now. Maybe yeah. years and years and years ago, probably our, our parents maybe didn't ask as many questions, just believed in what they were given. Society has changed. That's not the case anymore. It's more, we ask more questions than, you know, than sometimes than, than answers. <laughs> than answers so. <laughs> well, yeah, you don't have to look any further than, um, you know, I'm 40. And when I was a kid, we had the Canada Food Guide. Which okay. anyone remembers when I like 1990 era Canada food guide was a joke. It was like 80% carbs and it's like, yeah. yeah. So I guess, yeah. you know, and you know, these things are supported by certain special interest groups and uh, whatnot. Yep. So, yep. um, okay. So let me just talk about corporate performance for a sec. Uh, yeah, sure. again, we don't go too deep into the numbers on this program, but, um, you know, as a company that's, you know, you're not um, a spec plate like a mining company per se. So there's a lot of those in the junior space, uh, in public junior space. And for me, and in my observation is the expectations for companies such as yours are a little more tougher. Like the fundamentals really apply. You have to make money. You have to make sure that you have runway. Talk yeah. to me about how you're managing those expectations because uh, it sounds like you're doing a great job on the product side and the fulfillment side. How about the financial side? Sure. Yeah. So I, I think, uh, you know, we've been really lucky, you know, we've got, you know, uh, we'll, we'll do some quarter earnings release here in the next month or so. But, you know, as I date back even to the end of Q3, you know, mm. we're seven consecutive quarters in a row of record growth. Um, I'd envision that to continue to, to, con to go on. Um, you know, we found ourselves at very close to, you know, EBITDA positive. And, you know, I think in the next few quarters here, we'll find ourselves getting over that hump um, to profitability. And so for us, you know, uh, it is a manage uh, because, you know, you're growing rapidly. And I think one of the things that, you know, myself as a team, what we've had to do is really take a hard look at, you know, the types of customers um, that we're bringing in. And I, and I mean that they're all great, but there are some customers that are better suited for what we're doing than, than others. And so um, as, having a lot of opportunity because of the fact that there aren't a ton of manufacturers that are in the healthy, clean food space like we are. Um, you know, we've got to get a lot smarter and had to get smarter on the types of customers and partners that we could partner with and grow with. Yeah, no, absolutely. I always think about the the book Shoe Dog from Phil Knight yeah. and yeah. the challenges yeah. he had meeting demand for his product because of the terms and the... the yep. Yeah, so I'm not an accountant, but man, <laughs> yeah. they made yeah. it through, but... And funny enough, all the while, you know, I, I, he, you know, manufacturing in general is is not the easiest. Always, uh, food manufacturing is a is another hurdle. And then now you do fresh food manufacturing. Um, quite frankly, I think that's maybe one of the hardest things you could possibly do because no one ingredient is the same, right? It's a living, yeah. breathing. It's growing. So um, sometimes things don't taste the way they are because they're coming off the field. I mean, that's. That's the way it is. Well, and it's super regulated. And you're also yes. dealing with, you know, like we said, trends, which shift like the wind. Yes. Um, so, yep. yep. <laughs> well, okay. I think this perfectly sets us up for my final question, which is, uh, Bill, what's, what's the legacy you're trying to build with this company? And what, you know, indications will you have that you've made progress on this front? Yeah. Or maybe have succeeded in building this legacy? Sure. Yeah. I, I, you know, that's a great question. Um I, I think this is, I, and I'm not going to speak just for myself, but, you know, mm. from the, uh, my co-founder and everybody else that's kind of helped build this whole business. I mean, I think the legacy that we're really trying uh, to leave is that, you know, we are 
really at the forefront of healthy, clean label food. Um, that you know we're a major player out there helping to move uh, everybody forward. And I think one of the ways that we can you know measure our success with that is by our customers. You know who are the customers we're working with that can let us know that they've got like mind thesis and are growing like us, believe in what we're doing from a healthy, clean label space. Um, and I mean, look, we're not there yet because you know, that's just not we're not there yet. Um, but I do think we're we're right on trend, not trend. We're on track with the right people. Um, and I say that because again, of our go, go into like this diversification. If you go across the many different sales channels that we have from uh, a direct to consumer to uh, leading retail brands, to working with large retailers or your healthy, uh, your healthy quick service restaurants, um, we're working with a lot of those main players out there that are growing at rapid paces. Um, And so for me, to see that and us help with their growth shows that, you know what, we're, we're on the right path here. Yeah, it's a creative. And uh, you mentioned product market fit, which I've been told is probably the, the, the Rosetta Stone or the key to unlocking the potential of any business, really. And um, it seems like you're really, uh, you're really finding that out. Um, Bill, thank you so much. I, I really enjoyed uh, our discussion today. That's Bill Bessenhofer, CEO of The Fresh Factory, FRSH on the CSE. Bill, thanks. And uh, consider coming back on again. Absolutely. Thanks, James, for having me. All right. Have a wonderful day. Thank you again for listening to the Exchange for Entrepreneurs podcast, a proud presentation from CNSX Markets, Inc., operator of the Canadian Securities Exchange. As a reminder, the viewpoints on this show do not reflect those of the exchange and are solely those of the guests and do not constitute investment advice. For more information about the exchange, its services, and listed companies, please visit www.thecsc.com. Until the next show, thank you for listening. And don't forget to hit the like or subscribe button on your favorite listening platform. Thank you so much.